The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus took Peter, John, and James and went up to the mountain to pray. While he was praying, his face changed in appearance and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were conversing with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his exodus that he was going to accomplish in Jerusalem. Peter and his companions had become overcome by sleep but became fully awake. They saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As they were about to part from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But he did not know what he was saying. While he was still speaking, a cloud came and cast a shadow over them. And they became frightened when they had entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my chosen son. Listen to him. And after the voices had spoken, Jesus was found alone. They fell silent and did not tell anyone at the time of what they had seen. The Gospel of the Lord. Before we embark on any great endeavor, any great plan. There is always a period of preparation. We want to, so to speak, psych ourselves for what is about to happen. Coaches do it at athletic events. Military commanders do it before an engagement. It's essential that we prepare ourselves for what we are about to experience. Our Lord does that today to prepare his apostles for the greatest of all ventures. He's going to prepare them for the scandal of the cross. So he takes three of them, Peter, James, and John, Peter, head of the apostles, James the first martyr, and John the one who will live the longest, up to a mountain. If they're on a mountain, of course, there's going to be a theophany. God's going to appear in some way to pray. And his appearance has changed, his face and his clothing. This must be the way he would have always looked if he hadn't restrained it. Because once again, you can't put divinity inside of humanity and not let it become visible. 
is you can't put a candle inside of an alabaster jar and not have it shed its light. So for a moment, for a while, he's going to let them see him as he would otherwise have been. The reality of his divinity and his humanity. And as he's there, there are two men speaking with him. Moses and Elijah. The law and the prophets. Our Lord will fulfill both of them in his suffering and death. The reason for his coming. They don't understand that yet. They still won't. But Moses and Elijah appear. Remember, Moses wasn't allowed into the promised land because he was disobedient. But he got in now. And they're speaking about his exodus, again, his suffering, death, and resurrection that will take place in Jerusalem. These two men are also interesting in that it would appear that they didn't die or their deaths were strange. Elijah was just taken up in a chariot. Moses died and was buried, but the scriptures tell us that no one knows the grave of Moses. So they're speaking about his death. And again, the apostles are supposed to come to an understanding of why he has come. But they are asleep. The apostles often seem to sleep when they ought to be awake. Uh, but, But we shouldn't blame them too much for that. But all of a sudden, they're fully awake. And they observe what, in fact, is taking place. This reality. And they see his glory. And they see Moses and Elijah. Now, Peter wants to stay. I'm sure that James and John did too. Wouldn't you? I would. What an experience. He wants to stay there. He doesn't want to leave. So he suggests that they put up three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And the scriptures then say he did not know what he was saying. He shouldn't have been speaking at all. He should simply have been observing and listening. And then While he's still speaking, the cloud comes. If there's a cloud, there's going to be the voice of God, naturally, and overshadows them. And they enter into that, and they are frightened. And then comes the voice. This is my chosen son. Listen to him. Listen. Here again, how I've said this many times, how we always turn that around. The scriptures say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening, and we are, listen, Lord, your servant is speaking. And we are told, no, they're to listen, and they're meant to listen to him. Uh, Because they have to go down from that mountain. They're going to have to go down from that mountain to deal with the ordinary uh, events of daily life, with all the pains and sufferings of humanity. They must go down from that mountain, and then they will climb another mountain, Calvary, to realize the love of God and and the love of redemption. So this moment has been given to them as a point of understanding so that when the cross comes, they will be able to endure it. But they won't. They'll forget, as we can forget so easily. All of them, they all deserted him and fled. One betrayed him, and another, Peter, who was on that mountain, denied that he even knew him. That will change come Pentecost. But for the moment, they've been given this vision. As I said, they must now go down and deal with the world in which they live, with the real events. 
They have now been strengthened to do that. You and I, too, are strengthened. We are now on that mountain. This is what we do when we come here. The the Lord is already with us. He will become transfigured in front of us in the Eucharist. We will see him as he is through the eyes of faith. Body, blood, soul, and divinity. That reality will be given to us. To strengthen us to do what they had to do. To go out into our world and to be transforming figures in the midst of that world. Of course, he's he's always with us. But, But we now have that vision. And without this, we are not going to be able to do what we are called to do. With all the strength we may think that we have, without this, we will not have the power to do it. But once we have it, then we can go down from the mountain, and we can interact, and we can be transforming figures in the world in which we live. But as I said, it was easy for them to forget, and it's easy for us to forget, too, when we leave here. All of a sudden, the world tends to dominate, doesn't it? Not what we've done here. We forget this. And the, and the forces around us seem to be more powerful. We more often uh, are attentive to them than to the strength and the power that God has given uh, to us, to that visibility. We are called then to the cross. That's where the Lord is going to call them. Not only so that they will be able to endure his cross, but then they will be able to understand their own, as we must understand ours as we move in to this mystery this mystery of God's redemptive love. That's something they seem to never understand, the reality of God's love. They cannot accept a dying Messiah because they have their own concept of what that Messiah is supposed to be. As I said, when that reality comes, they will simply not be able to endure it. And by the way, part of the reason they won't be able to is because they were sleeping again. Uh, Our Lord asked them to spend one hour and they couldn't stay awake even for one hour. So they didn't have the strength. And the moment came to remain faithful. So we then are called uh, to rise up and to become different people, to come down from this mountain. But we have to come back constantly. We can never stay away. We have to come back constantly to be renewed, to be nourished, to receive the strength that we need on a daily basis even when possible to deal with the world in which we live. Otherwise, as I said, the world will be the one that changes us and not the other way around because we won't have the strength to do it. Why do you think he gave himself to us in the first place? For that very reason. So the imitation of Christ puts it very well in one short paragraph, that wonderful book. Um, you know, that was, there was a time, it may still be when that was the book most read after the scriptures themselves. It's still something very much worth reading. But in a single paragraph, I think he sums it up and sort of psychs us for what we have to do. He says, uh, So come on, friends. Let us advance together. Jesus will be with us. It's for the sake of Jesus that we have taken up this cross. For his sake, let us keep on with it to the end. He will help us, for he has gone before us to be our guide. See where that king of ours goes forth in front of us. He will be fighting at our side. So let us be brave and follow him and not skulk in terror. Let us die bravely in battle and not sully our glory.
by abandoning the standard of the cross. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you as the people redeemed by the blood of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the Church throughout the world, her members will always be visible signs of the presence of Jesus Christ, visible signs of his redemptive love, especially the Church suffering. We pray to the Lord. For all nations of the world, especially our own, that they will be open to the coming of the Lord into their midst and open to repentance and conversion, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For all those who are sick and suffering and dying, that they may know that in their suffering there are visible signs of the love of the Lord. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have lost faith, we pray to the Lord. For greater respect for human life, from the womb until natural death, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, those young men and women who will be unique signs of the presence of our Lord in the world, for a greater reverence for the witness of marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, having spent time with the Lord, they may then be witnesses to him, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For a greater reverence for the Eucharist, for the Lord's presence among us, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster. For all those who died in New Zealand in the recent terrorist attack, eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, that our lives will be so transformed by the Lord, and especially by his Eucharist, that the world will, be, will see him visible in us. We pray to the Lord. Lord we now join our prayers to those of the sorrowful mother as we sing. Mm-hmm. 